What's going on, Hogline Nation? Welcome back to another installment of the Hogline Podcast. I am your solo host today, Jack Manis, uh, breaking down some some NFL for you. Uh, very exciting week. We're coming off of Week Ten. Looking forward to a great Week Eleven. Um, I'm going to start off the show by talking about the Steelers. Um, you can call us call us homers, but uh, it's our it's our it's our podcast. We can we can talk what we want, but uh, the Steelers are relevant, so. Uh, I think it's justified in us. Uh, what's the word? Having a segment on them. Um, I'm just not going to talk until you until you introduce me. Fine, Mitchell's here. Hey, you're going to be banned from doing the introductions if you keep up with this tomfoolery. I mean, you're giving me you're 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 giving me the opportunity. I'm 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 going to take it. Well. For, for everyone who like uh, b- before we started this jack he messed something up but it's fine um yeah. but he might be cut from doing the introductions hello everyone i'm mitchell here uh yes jack was right we'll be talking about the steelers today um for you know a good portion of the episode haven't i mean we haven't really we yeah, obviously we talk about the steelers quite a bit but um we're gonna have a whole dedicated segment to that so you'll get some steelers talk and then further along in the show, we'll be talking about the MVP race in the NFL. Um, and then we will close out the show with some of our game picks and some of the marquee matchups in Week 11 uh, with this season here. So I could have said all that. He just let me keep going. Yeah, I guess. But I, I guess, I don't know, it, it lacked fluidity. Okay, well, let's just talk about football. All right, we'll get into the X's and O's here. Jack, hey! Jack was at the game. Tell us a little about your experience and tell the people about your internship if they don't know. And just tell just tell the audience uh, what was the overall feel of the crowd and just the atmosphere. Okay. Um, so if you don't know, I interned for the Steelers on game days for the ticket office. And I help coordinate events that are held for season ticket holders whether that be uh, bringing them on the field pregame. Um, and I don't know, other various stuff. We have a, like a tent where season ticket holders check in. I'm at that tent um, delivering field passes. I don't know, stuff like that. But it's pretty cool. Uh, I'm usually done before halftime, so I just watch. And it's great. Actually, I have a cool story. This past week, I mean, I went to a story just I was on the field pregame and uh, Robert Woods and Todd Gurley were praying in the end, the end zone right before the game kickoff. And they got up and I was right behind them. And I was literally like six inches from Todd Gurley. And it was cool. Um, yeah. yeah, I was pretty starstruck. He said something. I don't remember what it was. Um, I think someone just yelled his name and he's like, hey, what up, though? No? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's Todd Gurley saying that. Nuts. Um, yeah, um, I don't know. So about the game, I guess uh, it was a good one. You didn't get to watch uh, the Steelers' defense is elite. Um, we brought pressure all day long. Golf was in a hurry, uh, forcing many mistakes. I mean, our. I guess I'll just jump into some game notes I had, and just overall about the Steelers. Um, I've been saying this to a lot of people. I told this to you. 
I I think the Steelers defense right now is undisputedly a top three defense. Uh, rivaling the Niners to crack top two, except after watching them last night, I don't know about that. They're pretty good, but I think we're definitely a top three defense with when we contend with the 49ers and the Patriots in that regard. Uh, but yesterday, uh, Watt played TJ Watt played great as he has been the whole season. He's top five in sacks at nine and a half. Um, Javon Hargrave, Javon, and Cameron Hayward, another uh, rounding out our D-line. Um, they had great games, too, applying pressure, a few batted balls and sacks for each of them. I mean, they gave Goff little time to find Cup, who's been his major target all year long. Cup averages almost 11 targets per game. I think it's like 10.85, and he only got four yesterday. And... Um, zero catch. Yeah, of those four, he got locked up by Mike Hilton, uh, our corner. Not as, I guess he's a corner. He just he's a lot. He's in like a lot of blitz packages and whatnot. If, I mean, a lot of people I'm sure listening don't know who Mike Hilton is. He's I think he's pretty underrated. He's he's a smaller D back. We use him to rush the quarterback a lot. But I mean, he played great. He covered. He was assigned a cup. I don't know why he was assigned a cup. I guess because cup comes out of the slot a lot. But uh, yeah, he played great. Shut down the hottest receiver in the NFL, hot looks wise and talent wise, right now. Um, but yeah, he played great. Joe Hayden, I don't think Joe Hayden gets enough credit. Uh, ever since we got him, honestly, which was what he he's been on the team for a year and a half for us. Yeah, so I mean, he's been he's I always thought he's and he's Joe Hayden. People know who he is, and he's I would I think he's at this point of career. I think some people don't think he's as good as what he was, which maybe that's true, but he's still he still plays at a high level. I mean, yesterday in particular, he had five dependent passes, I believe, and then he had a huge interception in the third quarter. Third or fourth quarter, I don't remember, second half, but Yeah, and he had the deflection that caused right. the yeah. for at the end. Yeah. Uh so he he's playing fantastic. And then of course, uh our newest favorite stealer. Minka Fitzpatrick. I mean, he's putting up defensive player of the year numbers. I don't, I mean, it's, it's going to be a lot to ask for him to keep this pace up, but like if he does, I think he's defensive player of the year. Um, so his stats since joining the Steelers in week three, three to nine. So he's had seven games with us or sorry, 10, but seven games. still. yeah. Uh, 25 tackles as a safety. That's good. Eight pa- defended passes, five interceptions, a forced fumble, a fumble recovery and two touchdowns. Uh, that's fantastic, obviously. Um, I mean, I, he's just completely changed the defense. And I calculated these stats. Our seven games prior Minka joining the Steelers, the defense as a whole averaged 3.85 defended passes per game. The last seven games with Minka, seven, point, seven flat pass, passes defended per game. Seven games before Minka, 0.28 interceptions per game. Seven games after Minka, two interceptions a game. And then seven games prior to Minka, 2.57 sacks per game. And then seven games with Minka, four sacks per game. I mean, those stats, obviously the weeks one and two from this year, and then carry over to last year too. So our seven games without, and then the seven games with this year. Okay. Yeah, I was kind of confused. Yeah. Why yeah, is yeah, it yeah. And it just so you could keep the same sample size? Is that why? Right, that's why, that's why, yeah. I mean, he's just, I, he's completely transformed this defense. And I, I'm having flashes and 
getting warm feelings inside of uh, going back to our our elite defense days where we were winning Super Bowls in the early 2000s. Right. Uh, and this is the Steelers front seven was already like very talented, a lot of first round draft picks. Um, but he just like solidifies the back end. And right. Has been our weak spot for years. Yeah. Yeah. And if the secondary is, you know, playing at a good level, um, it obviously helps out the front seven. And they're, you know, if they covered the receivers, there's more time to sack the quarterback and whatnot. And everyone gets all that. But yeah, this is a. Uh, it feels very complete now with him. And it feels like all like the, the line, the linebackers and the secondary is all just like, yeah, we don't really have a weak spot anymore. I mean, I guess and even like, I mean, I don't have any stats to back this up, but it just from the eye test, I feel like Terrell Edmonds has been, has made a, a pretty good leap from his rookie season to his second year. I mean, I, again, I don't have any stats to like back it up, but just by watching him play, I feel like he is playing a little bit better. Same with Bud, du- Bud Dupree's having a fantastic yeah. year, probably uh, clearly the best year of his career. So, you know, these guys that had potential, Bud Dupree and uh, Edmonds being first-round picks, playing like it. I mean, close to it, if not first, like first-round caliber talent. I definitely agree. Um, I just want to talk about, touch on this, the Steelers as a whole right now, not just focusing on their defense, but... I mean, it's no uh, no secret that uh, the offense is not great <laughs> right now. Um, I mean, I personally had high expectations for Rudolph, and he hasn't impressed me so far. But he hasn't—he honestly hasn't looked awful. Um, but I'm not going to put the entire fault on Rudolph. I am going to blame our coordinator Randy Feekner. He's just been way too conservative play calling, and some people think it's just because he's he's nervous about Rudolph, but even the first two games with Ben, at least the Patriots game, like he was just way too conservative. We're not taking any shots down the field, not taking any chances. And I think he needs to let Rudolph air the, air the ball out more because I think that's going to help his confidence more. And just he's going to produce. Like he has a great arm. He's had a great arm in college, and he's shown he has a great arm. Um, but hopefully in the next in the coming weeks, against some easy defenses, uh, we got. The Bengals, the uh, the Jets, the Cardinals, Browns. Well, the Brown. I don't know. The Browns aren't great. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, in these easy def- easy defensive matchups, he'll let Mason let loose a little bit. Right. And I mean, I he. I think just. Yeah, I, I could agree with that. Probably could, you know, a little bit be a little bit more aggressive in the passing game. But I feel like all he needs to do, all Rudolph needs to do is just keep being, I, I don't want to use the word game manager, but just being, uh, I, I don't know what to say. Like, avoid turnovers, essentially. Yeah. He only has four in the year. And if he can just limit the mistakes, um, I know the fumble, the fumble last weekend, the one that the Rams scored on was not his fault, went over his head, but like... Well, he, he had the safety. Yeah, yeah, I know that's true, and I I want to get back to that in a second. But yeah, like what I said, he just has to just limit turnovers, and I'm just praying that James Conner stays healthy because then like it's going to be big, and the offensive line is still an elite unit, and we can just ride the running game and ride the defense. And if he can just you know not be the reason why we lose, then then we'll win. Biasly think we are, um, but I know I truly do think we are. Um, 
Our losses, we have four losses. Patriots loss, obviously terrible. We all saw that week one on national TV. Everyone did. That was awful. Our second loss in week two, um, one bad pass interference call in the fourth quarter going the other way. Like, we win that game against the Seahawks, who are obviously is an elite team. Same with the Niners the following week. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to. James Conner fumbled the end of that game. That cost us the game, essentially. So, I mean, it's not like I'm going to say we deserve the win because the fumble was our fault. But, like, we're competitive with the Niners, which the Niners are great. And then the same thing, overtime fumble Juju had against the uh, the Ravens. That probably cost us that game, too. Again, not going to say we deserve that win because fumbles are our fault. But we're competitive with the Seahawks, the Niners, and the Ravens. So, Right. Yeah, they're all one right. possession games under five points. Right. So... I think we are deserving a playoff team to be a playoff team. And I mean, I think that even though our offense isn't like as prolific as what it was the past few years uh, for obvious reasons, uh, a lot of turnover, but I think this offense can be carried into the postseason by how good our defense is playing. And honestly, that's all I want out of this year. Um, I really think that next year is our year with Ben back uh, our defense gets reinforcements, and Stefan Tuitt is coming back. I mean, he had a he's having a great year until he got hurt for season-ending injury. I forget what he had. And Sean Davis is back, too. Whoever thought I'd say that I'd want Sean Davis back. But he was starting to come around, too, and throw him back there. Um, I don't know, maybe him and Edmonds can split, or we can just uh, have a different defensive schemes because Minka can play all over. He doesn't have to play safety. Um, I mean, that's just more depth toward and talent in our defense. And then, I, I mean, going into next year, if all those things go right, um, our only weakness, I guess you could say, would be wide receiver. But Washington and De- James Washington and Deontay Johnson have shown flashes, and they still have more time to develop this year. And, I mean, we, we can develop wide receivers. And with Ben back, that's going to help next year, too. Um, I mean, worst case scenario, I guess that's that'd be a free agent signing that we'd have to go after. But I really do think next year we can compete for a Super Bowl. This year, I just want to make the playoffs. So right, I just want to make the dance. It's certainly plausible with the set, the schedule that you hinted at earlier, with the, you saying how bad the defenses were. But right, schedule is at the Browns, at the Bengals, home against the Browns. Uh, home, home, excuse me, yeah, home against the Browns. Uh, at the Cardinals, home against the Bills, at the Jets, and then at the Ravens. So, I mean, I it's it's hard because I mean things could change week to week, but I'd say ten, ten and six is a reasonable outlook. Right. And before before this game on Sunday, Mitchell texted me. You said something like, "I'm worried about." You, you said like, first off, it was four in the morning. What are you doing up at four in the morning?" Um, what day was that? What? What day was that? On Saturday into Sunday before the before the game, you said I you said something like I I don't have a good feeling about today. Like I think we're gonna lose. Gonna yeah, I, I guess the four in the morning timestamp made it seem pretty urgent, but it, <laughs> it was just on my mind. I don't know. It wasn't keeping me up or anything. <laughs> yeah, but um, I just remember I don't remember exactly what I said, but I I said that I'm not worried about today because I'm not expecting a win. There's not it's not a conference game. There's not that much pressure uh, in regards to like tiebreakers and the wild card. Um, 
I just wasn't worried about the game because I didn't really expect to win and we didn't need a win because I still see five wins on our schedule other than last week. I mean, this week was a huge statement game and kind of put us uh, on watch for the whole week. But like, again, we have the, we have a lot of winnable games coming up. So I definitely can see our uh, our hot streak continuing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the the biggest games for the rest of the year are going to be the Bills game and the Ravens game, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And yeah, the one I, we only let up, I didn't, I mean, I realized, but I, our defense really, they only let up three points. Uh, yeah, exactly. Because the, 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 the defensive touchdown for the Rams and the safety. So safety. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. And, and also one last thing I wanted to mention, it, it was kind of weird that I think Gurley didn't get any carries on the final drive. And I feel like most of the fourth quarter, which is a little weird. Yeah. I mean, I won't talk about it too long, but like, I think the, the, the Rams are just kind of like a – I don't know. It's weird. They're a different team. Uh, yeah, it was like flash, flashback, Gurley. flashbacks to the Super Bowl when they just didn't use Gurley. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. All right, we'll move on. Uh, still got a lot to talk about here uh, for the rest of the show. Um, we're going to talk about the MVP race in the uh, for the 2019 NFL season. Um, I guess we'll just talk about the front runners and there's probably about, whatever, four or five of them. Um, but you can go first. Who do you want to talk about first? Uh, I got two. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna talk about uh, Lamar first. Uh, we all uh, saw what he did on Sunday. I'm not. I mean, maybe we didn't see, all see what he did on Sunday, but uh, he had a great game Sunday. Blew out the Bengals. Um, I mean, he's having a her. What it seemed like a lot of uh, people were very iffy on and really not sold on uh he's really proven a lot of people wrong having a great year uh is currently on pace for 3600 passing yards and 26 passing touchdowns but also 1200 1248 rushing yards and 10 rushing touchdowns like that's like a running back one in fantasy that's nuts um just categorically and his stats, he's 19th in passing yards, tied for 11th in passing touchdowns, tied for 13th in completion percentage, tied 10th uh, in passer rating, and then 4th in QBR. So I think, I feel like he, after this week, he's, him and Russ are really like the the front runners, and a lot of people are saying Lamar's like, Lamar is the clear front runner. His passing numbers aren't like MVP caliber, but just because of how dynamic a player is on the ground, puts him in that conversation. <laughs> He's 11th in rushing yards and tied for ninth in rushing touchdowns. Like all, everyone in the league, not just quarterbacks, obviously. <laughs> like that's yeah, that's and that's that's with the Ravens having a bye. They're still a consider. There's like a handful of teams that still haven't had their bye yet, so that could even right. It could go up a little bit. Um, yeah, but it, it's crazy. I mean that. I was speechless when the spin move touchdown. Yeah. That was crazy. Uh, that was literally what he did at Louisville all the time. Um, but, yeah, it's 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 nuts. Um, he has two games this year with a perfect passer rating, 158.3. He has two games this year. Really? It was last week, and, I mean, granted, they were against the Dolphins and the Bengals, but still, it's still a perfect passer rating nonetheless. Um yeah, I mean, 
it, I agreed with you what you said earlier, how him and Russ are the two clear-cut favorites. Um, and I would be pretty surprised, unless one of them gets hurt or both of them get hurt, I would be surprised if it didn't go to one of them at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, uh, that's Lamar Maybe, Jackson. Yeah, you can talk about Russ since we kind of segue into that if you want. Right. Um, yeah, Russell Wilson, he, let me pull up his passing stats real quick. Uh, but the Seahawks, they are 8-2 and two this year. Obviously, they beat the 49ers last night on Monday Night Football. Pretty amazing game. Um, Russell Wilson, there was so much back and forth. Yeah. And who knows if, I mean, that, that Chase McLaughlin guy for the 49ers, who knows if the moment was too big for him. I mean, there's no telling if whether Robbie Gold would have made that field goal in overtime or not. Um but yeah, Russell Wilson, I got it right here. Uh, 2,730, excuse me, 2,737 passing yards, 23 passing touchdowns, two interceptions, and he has, what are his rushing stats? He's got, I think, at least 300 rushing yards, 256 rushing yards and three uh, rushing touchdowns to add to what I just said. Um, and he, he leads the league in a lot of like weird passing categories too, like I mean, I, they showed it last night on Monday Night Football, but under pressure, he's obviously very, very good. Uh, I think he has five game-winning drives this season. Wow. Obviously very yeah. clutch. And I feel like, I mean, I guess the they're, the Ravens and Seahawks are similar in talent, but Seahawks would not be very good if they did. I mean, that, that can be said with any star quarterback, but I feel like he really carries them when they're just, he's like, he can really do it all. And he's been doing it all his whole time in Seattle. Right. Not, not in the early stages when they had the dominant defense, but when the Legion of Boom started getting broken up a little bit, he... Um, kept them relevant. Yeah, kept them relevant. There was a lot of seasons where they should have been 5-11, and 4-12, and 12, and he kept them at like 8-8, eight and 9-7. Eight, and seven. Even last year, they, they had no business making the playoffs, and they made the playoffs, so... Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty nuts. Um I mean, he's my dynasty quarterback, so I'm a little biased, but he's he'd be my, he'd get my vote for MVP. He's just so. Uh, I mean, a lot of these guys are, but he's he's not going to throw interceptions like him and Rodgers and Breeze. Like they're just so cautious with the football, yet so accurate, and they, they can make big plays. Like they're not going to turn the ball over. Like I really, right? Especially especially Aaron Rodgers. Like he like he I can't like he'll just throw it's almost to a fault of how cautious he is with like lacking turnovers, but I don't know. Yeah. But Russ would probably get my vote at the moment. Who are the, who are the guys, who are the guys on the fringe? I mean, not even the fringe, but I guess we can mention McCaffrey too. He's obviously having, he's the fantasy MVP. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of crazy. McCaffrey's pace is 2,462 all-purpose yards and 24.88 all-purpose touchdowns. Um, yeah, that's Ladanian Tomlinson MVP numbers. Yeah, well, Adrian Peterson's 2012 MVP season, he had 2,300 all-purpose yards and only 13 all-purpose touchdowns. Yeah, and that was that, – I don't remember who Minnesota's quarterback was. I think it was – honestly, I think it was Christian Ponder. I uh, didn't didn't think we'd be mentioning Christian Ponder on today's show, but that's like Christian Ponder is 
garbage. So the fact that they made the playoffs with Christian Ponder. Yeah, that's absurd. I mean, it's not even like the, the Panthers have Kyle Allen. Like, it's not even like he's right. anything. So I know. We, we could be saying that about Kyle Allen in a few years. <laughs> <laughs> right, I mean, yeah. We probably won't even remember his name in a couple of years. Uh, but but I, Yeah, I mean, I think if it wasn't for a lot of these, like, quarterbacks who are um, – I don't know, just putting up these gaudy numbers. I think that McCaffrey could be a front runner for MVP in another year, like AP was in 2012. And then, like, in 2017, when Gurley was – I think he finished second MVP. It was when Brady won and, like, Antonio Brown's in the mix, too. Gurley that year was on – had 2,093 all-purpose yards and 19 all-purpose touchdowns. Like, McCaffrey's numbers blow both of those out of the water, and, like, he's not – I mean, he has been getting some mentions about it, but, like – in other years, I think he would definitely like be a front runner for sure. <laughs> Christian McCaffrey, his in his first seven games, um, I'm just reading it right now. Uh, in terms of defenses that have let up the most least amount of points to running backs in fantasy, uh, he had a very what I'm trying to say. He had a very difficult run defense schedule in his first seven games. Uh, week one, he played the Rams, who were ten, let up the uh, 10 least fantasy points of running backs. Then the Bucks with the second least. Cardinals, 20, 20th. Uh, Texans, 15th. Jags, 16th. Bucks again, second. And then 49ers, third. That's a lot of, uh, you know, very tough run defenses. And it literally did not matter. Like, he, he is the definition of matchup proof. And if you play... Uh, daily fantasy sports. He's been getting up there at the uh, 10,500 range for salary, which is astronomical. It's more than I think I've ever seen for any player for a football uh, contest. And it literally doesn't matter. He returns value every single week. He in PPR he gets. I, I think he's. I think he is averaging 34 a week in PPR full point. Wow, <laughs> something like that. I can pull it up and verify in a second here, but he is literally the definition of matchup proof, and it does not matter who he's going against. And if you were lucky enough to get him this year in fantasy, you could be very well on your way to a championship. Definitely. <laughs> it's crazy how in two of our leagues that we're in together, he two teams have Dalvin Cook and Christian McCaffrey. And That's fantasy right, Star- yeah. <laughs> Mr. Rockman has them both, and then Shreff has them. And the other league, like I can't believe two teams have both of them. That's like not fair. Crazy. I mean, um, I'm so mad I didn't draft Dalvin in the second round in stars. I mean, not I, I drafted Mike Evans instead, but like it would have would have been great to have Dalvin on the team. I got a surprise for you. Uh, my he's my my third candidate MVP. Um, I want you to take a guess. I want you to take a guess. What I'm gonna talk about. I really, really hope you don't say Dak. You guessed it. Dak Prescott. Uh, um, sorry, before you go, go on, McCaffrey averages 32 points in a game in PPR. But yeah, yeah, yeah. He this, is, this is ridiculous. Go. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Here's Dak is my third candidate MVP. Um, he's on a pace right now of 4,936 yard passing yards and 32 passing touchdowns. That's a great pace. Let's put that out there. I think to win MVP, he's got to get his touchdown numbers up, um, especially with what we talked about with all these other touchdowns being scored by 
Russ and Lamar and McCaffrey, whatever. But the way he's playing right now, the Cowboys need to realize that he's on fire and they have to scheme more pass heavy, which if they realize that, his touchdown numbers can go up. And, I mean, he still has a chance to eclipse 49 or 5,000 yards, which not many quarterbacks. Uh, like, Philip Rivers could be there, but he's not anywhere in this conversation. Um, so, Dak's got a great pace. His worst stats comparatively to the whole league, uh, this is worst stats. He's eighth in passer rating at 102.4. That's still good. Um, he's seventh in completion percentage at 68.3. Um, I excluded Breeze and Tannehill from that because, again, they only started like three games each. Um, but now on to his good stats, which eighth and seventh in those categories is still great, and they're great numbers. Good stats. Uh, he's tied for third in passing touchdowns, second in passing yards, and he's first in QBR in the whole league. Um, the, uh, his interception numbers is kind of misleading because of his – I know at least two Hail Mary picks that shouldn't be included, which I think that's what Q, QBR does exclude that. That's why it's how many it makes sense. How many interceptions does he have? Nine. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, like, you're bringing up all these stats, but like, all these guys like have the like Rogers is comparable to yards to him. They him and Watson both are on pace for like 4,400 yards, and they're 4,400 yards and 5,000 yards is completely different. Right, but yeah. Watson's on pace for like 41 total touchdowns. Rodgers is on pace for 35 total touchdowns, and they're both on pace for like six or seven interceptions. I did want to briefly mention Deshaun Watson because he's he's close to this MVP conversation too. Um, but the only way I don't, the only way Dak shouldn't be in the conversation for MVP if Dallas misses the playoffs, which I don't think they should. Um, but Dak needs to be more conversation for MVP. I really think that they won't make the playoffs. I think they will. The Eagles' last four games are pretty it's stupid easy. The right, they got like, don't they have the Skins twice? No, they have the Giants twice. They have the Redskins, the Giants twice, the Dolphins, and the Cow. I mean, the Cowboys are tough, but they're gonna have to win that game. But that that. I mean, they do have two tough games coming up. They have the Patriots and the Seahawks, but then after that, I get so easy. But I, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I, the, Cow- the Cowboys have to play, I think, the Patriots and Buffalo and the Eagles. And I don't remember the rest. But yeah. if Dak keeps his pace up, like, I pulled up Tom Brady's 2017 MVP season stat line. Tom Brady's, he went for 4,500 yards to, compared to Dak's 4,900 yards. 32 touchdowns, same as Dak's pace. Brady's QBR was 73.2 to Dak's 82.1. Passer rating was the same, 102.8 to 102.4. Completion percentage, Dak has him beat two there. Like these, these can be MVP numbers. It's they not can outrageous. be, but this year is so much better though. Like that year was a just a down year for quarterbacks. Yeah. And like you said, I I don't the the Patriots were the one seed that year. I mean, they lost to the Super Bowl to the Eagles, but they were the, the one seed. The Cowboys are a fringe playoff team. Dak for MVP. Dude, he looked electric on Sunday. You know what? That's going to segue into this now. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna preview the games. Uh, I'm going to start 
uh, with the Cowboys Lions. So, I didn't, I mean, do you want to say anything else about MVP or no? Nope, that was good. We covered it. Okay, all right. Cowboys at Lions. Cowboys will win this week. Jason Garrett. Will they better coach- win this week. They gotta oh. beat the Lions. They're not making the playoffs. Jason, Jason Garrett will coach more aggressively, which will inherently be better for them. Example: Last year, uh, he was kind of rumblings. He was in the hot seat, and then he goes out and coaches like he's on the hot seat, uh, and they go on to beat the Saints on Sunday Night Football. Um, what? That was a Thursday night game. Okay, yeah, same thing. Uh, I truly think the Cowboys are one of the most complete teams in the league, and I will fight that to the grave. I don't think they deserve to be 5-4. and four. I've been saying that all year. I hardly see a weak spot on this team from top to bottom, and it makes me mad that Garrett lost in that game on Sunday. <laughs> uh, he, he pretty much did lose in the game. Like, on that last drive, electing them run the ball on second and third down, deep in Minnesota's territory when the run game hasn't worked all night. I mean, <laughs> I don't I was so mad. Like, Zeke was had averaged 2.7 yards per carry, and back was on fire. Like, yeah, they could. Uh, I, I don't get. I, I don't know. It's second and six, and you turn the you, you turn to your run game twice with under two minutes, and you have three. I mean, you have three timeouts. They didn't use timeouts, but I mean, he should have just let Dak scan his options toward the end zone. If nothing's open, let him make a play with his legs. Because if nothing's open, the middle of the field is going to be open, and Dak can run. He can make a play with his legs and get the first down. Like he could have easily picked up six yards in three tries. I. 100% confidence in that, in the way he was playing. Yeah, the Vikings the Vikings could not guard Amari Cooper. Right, yeah. Oh, so, they're so good. Who? The Cowboys? Yes, the Cowboys. I thought you were talking about the Vikings. So you could have been you could have been alluding Vikings to Vikings are good, too. No, I really like the Vikings. They, I mean, I, they, I love Kirk. I love Harrison Smith. You still think Dalvin's a bust? Better name, but like... You still think Dalvin's a bust? Well, I didn't say Dalvin's a bust. You go. You said all the time that he's not that good. I just probably sent the message. You know, that one's good. I also like Diggs. I think that Diggs. No, nah, he's not underrated. I think he gets the cloud he deserves. But like, he's one of the best route runners. And ate my sister. <laughs> True. Uh, yeah. But I guess that's all I really have to say about the the Cowboys. <laughs> Nothing much to say with the Lions. They're just stuck in mediocrity in a tough division. Yeah, Shout out to Jones they're, they're, for getting me fantasy points, though. Dallas Jeff, is going to win this game. Jeff Driscoll's going to be playing quarterback. And I know he didn't play that yeah. bad on Sunday, but he's – yeah. That, they're, the Cow, if they don't win, the Cowboys are in trouble because they easily have – they should easily wipe the fooler with them. No, I think they're going to win by multiple scores. I really do. Yeah, no, they, they definitely should win. I mean, what's the line? I don't know. I When I checked yesterday, it wasn't out because I – I think is what I told you. The starting quarterback wasn't set, so I don't think they can put out the line. But yeah, yeah. Well, it's gonna go way up once Jeff when Driscoll's in there, and I yeah. Yeah. But we'll see about that. Cowboys usually win. Um, what game was gonna talk about? Oh, the Chiefs and the Chargers. We can talk about that one. Yeah. Um, being played in Mexico City, the Chiefs are coming in at six and four, I believe, and the Chargers will be four and six. That sound right? Yes, I think that's right. Uh, both teams desperately need a win. Chiefs are really sliding here. That was kind of embarrassing that they couldn't. Chiefs are five and four. Chiefs are five and four. Sorry, six and four. You're right. My bad. Right. Yeah, the Chiefs are six and four. Kind of embarrassing that they couldn't beat Tennessee at home. No, they weren't at home. 
they were in Tennessee, I think. Either way, they should have easily won that game. Mahomes balled out, looked like he wasn't even injured at all. That one jump pass where he threw it to Hardman for the touchdown was pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, Tyreek Hill had an amazing game. No one could guard him. Uh, but just the defense couldn't stop Derrick Henry, and they couldn't stop Ryan Tannehill. That's not the Chiefs. Uh, I had such high hopes for them, and I bet them in the preseason to win the Super Bowl, but they can't stop anyone on defense. Yeah, no, I really think they got to make a they got to make a move at the deadline to add to their defense if they want to compete. The deadline already happened. Okay, yeah, you're right. I don't know what I was thinking, <laughs> but. Uh, I guess we're thinking know. fantasy deadline for trades, maybe. I, actually, I, I was thinking Thanksgiding for our dynasty, <laughs> for our fantasy deadline. Well, yeah, but um, I don't know. They they just gotta tread water with their defense and get just win in shootouts every week. Like you, you can't be losing to the Titans, dude. I I are the Titans? What's the Titans record? Five and five. Yeah, like, oh, man, I thought they were going to have, like, three wins. Or I think that's what I predicted in the beginning of the season. The Titans are all, all locked to go, like, in between 7 and 9 and 9 and 7. Yeah, they kind of are. So, yeah, I don't know. If The Chiefs' defense, the the run defense especially is awful. Like, like if you're if you have a guy in your fantasy team that's going against the Chiefs, like, you should have pretty high expectations because that's yeah. – it's just rough, man. And – like two, what was it? Uh, I'm trying to think if Dalvin did he have a good game against the Chiefs? I don't remember, but Derrick Henry had like 180 yards and two touchdowns, so yeah, it's pretty crazy. And I mean, this could just be the the Derrick Henry trend of turning it on for like four weeks late in the season. Oh that God, too. I hope so. <laughs> I really, really hope so. That would be awesome. Uh, he got he has the Jags coming up in two weeks, so. That was the infamous Thursday night game. We went for four touchdowns. Yeah. And I benched him because who would have played Derrick Henry who was averaging like six points the whole entire season? If that. Right. So, uh, anyway, the Chiefs and the Chargers. Uh, yeah. This might be the first game played in Mexico. They were going to play last year, the Chiefs and the Rams Monday night football game, but that was moved because the field conditions were so uh, terrible. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's gonna be an it's gonna be an interesting one. Obviously, a lot of fantasy matchups will be decided because there's a lot of fantasy relevant players in these games. Um, I think the Chiefs are gonna win. Uh, they're desperate. Both teams are desperate, but I just really see the Chiefs winning here. Uh, big day for Tyreek Hill. Yeah, and I, every week's a big week for Tyreek. I don't know if Rivers has anymore. I know that he he's leading in passing yards, but like. He looks so bad on Thursday night. Yeah, they're, they're they're just empty passing yards. They don't mean anything. Yeah. Yeah, he looks a little shot. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I think Melvin could have a big day. But like you said, I he looks a little shot. And I mean, who knows? Maybe the Chiefs' defense is the right medicine he needs to get right back into the swing of things. Um, but yeah, if the Chargers want to make a run, it, start, it has to start on Monday. Yeah. So. Um, I'll talk about Texans Ravens. Uh, I honestly think this is a uh, interesting matchup. Texans offense have scored twenty six point four four points per game. The Ravens defense has allowed twenty one points per game. Ravens offense has scored thirty three 
25.33 points per game. Texas defense has allowed 21.22 points per game. So, uh, very evenly matched teams. Comparable defenses, I, in my opinion. Uh, two MVP caliber quarterbacks. And then, one, it's like... Like, one team has a great running game with a decent passing game, and then one team has a decent running game with a great passing game. Like, passing weapons. That makes sense. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a pretty crucial matchup for the Texans. They're only one game ahead of the Colts uh, in their division, and they lost the Colts, so it's a big game for them in regards to uh, playoffs. God, I wish we would have beat the Ravens. We'd be tied with them right now. Oh yeah, yeah, we would six and three each. Yeah, well, no, we we being first. Yeah, be we would have beaten them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. Um, what was I gonna say? So I mean, I don't know. The Texans are coming up a bye. They got more time to prepare. But uh, the Ravens are at home, and they're coming off a huge win with momentum. So there's arguments to be made in that regard, I guess. Um, I don't know. I guess I'll take the tech, the Ravens in this one. It'll, I think it'll be close, though. Because, like, yeah. this Ravens defense is not the same Ravens defense as it was last year in the past few years. Texans yeah. defense has holes. Yeah, Marcus Wait, Watts hurt, right? Is TJ Watt is yeah, out for yeah, yeah. But I was going to say, yeah. Marcus Peters has been playing pretty well since he's arrived. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. So we'll see how that goes. But I think it'll be really close. Um, I can't really say who's going to win. But for the, the Ravens are home, I think. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, I said that Ravens are home. Yeah, yeah, it should be a really good one. It's at one o'clock, right? I think so. Yeah, I think it's at one. All right. Uh, the final game we're gonna talk about here is the Eagles and the Patriots, um, being played at Lincoln Financial Field at four twenty-five. Big game for the Eagles, obviously. Um, they're sitting at five. What five and four? Is that right? Yep. Five and four. Um. It's pretty big. Carson Wentz looks, I guess, okay this year. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I really, I, I don't even know. I hope the Patriots win. Um, this Please. is like, obviously, my two least favorite teams in the league, both of ours. Um, but I don't know. I think uh, Eagle secondary is still a problem. It's gonna be a big Julian Edelman day. Hopefully it's a big James White day. I'm starting him in Dynasty. Also starting right. Taylor Gabriel this week, which I'm a little concerned about, but he has not been as bad as people think he is. So maybe Taylor Gabriel will do something. Anyway, I digress. Um, yeah, I think Brady could have a big day. Um, and I don't know, but the Eagles are also desperate and their backs are against the wall and you never really want to, you know, that's always a dangerous thing when a team is desperate for a win. And especially with the Cowboys, they should be uh, they should beat the Lions this week. So, I mean, I, it's always – I don't really know. Like, how much do you think NFL teams, like, look at all that stuff? Like, who their division rivals play? Like, do their division rivals have an easy stretch down the, like, stretch I doubt games? It. Like, do you think they really look at all that stuff? Or I really doubt it? it. No, I, I just think they're – I mean, that's what they're going to tell you. They're going to just be like, hey, we're focused on our, who we got, our next matchup, and we want to control what we have to do. And I really think that's that's true. But yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you're actually you're actually right, because I, um, I started listening to uh, Arthur Motes' podcast, 
um, former Steelers yep. linebacker. It's uh, pretty interesting. I like it a lot. And his co-host like asked them. I guess I, I I don't know why I didn't remember this. Is the same question I just asked you. His co-host, who's not a former player, asked him the question I just asked. How much do they really look at other players' stats and you know upcoming schedule, even their own upcoming schedule? Like and uh, Moat said like he didn't even like. He really couldn't even like tell you when he was playing. He couldn't even tell you who the Steelers were playing in like two or three weeks. He would really only know who they were playing that week. So I mean, I I guess that makes sense because a lot of preparation goes into each week, and you, there's so much you have to study and analyze and think about. No, I mean, I just about this game real quick. You said the Eagles are desperate, which that it's hard to count a team out that's so desperate for a win, but like. I think the Patriots are just a different machine, and they're coming off losing a, uh, I mean, playing on national TV against another contender. They lost the Ravens last week, what two weeks ago, I guess they're they're by, but it was their last game since, so they have an extra week to prepare. And I mean, I just think that it's this defense is going to be too much for the Eagles' offense to handle. Like Wentz is just, I feel like Wentz is always under pressure, like from pass rush and then like this passing weapons just aren't at least his receivers just aren't that great like so i, I don't know i just think they it, it's going to be overwhelming for him for this with this defense bill belichick coming off a bye in his 10 years a patriots head coach is 14 and 5 and tom brady is 13 and 4 coming off of a bye yeah I mean, I feel like a lot of teams have good records coming off a of bye, but especially if you have the Patriots a little bit extra time, they're going to do well. I think they're going to be extra motivated, too. Yeah, because last time they saw the Eagles, it didn't go so well, so you might be right. Well, that, too. Wait, was it really? No, they played the Eagles in Senn, haven't they, or no? Um, I don't think so, because they, uh, they only play every four years, and that was two years ago. Yeah, I guess you're right. Um, yeah, that, too, but also this the extra motivation of this coming off the loss last week right that too i i mean i i don't want to i don't know i can't i don't know if i can pull that up real i don't know if it's that accessible but belichick's record coming off a loss and belichick's record coming <laughs> off of a bye so True. um yeah all signs pretty much point to the patriots and i mean and they're so far ahead of us and doesn't i mean they can get a win it doesn't really matter oh, I don't, but yeah. yeah we always like to see the eagles go down so hopefully the patriots can pull this one out and um I think I'd bet on them if I was betting. I would like to. Yeah, Jack trying to put a poor, put a parlay together this week. But I can't do that. Because he's not 21. So no one's gonna if, do it if the feds are listening, he actually wasn't trying to put it together. Is that even bad to, like... I'm trying to do it, but I can't. I didn't actually do it. What do you mean, is it bad? I don't know. Like, could I get in trouble for that? No. I didn't I didn't do it. I mean, I'd want to, but I didn't. You could say, like, I want to do this drug, but if you don't do it, then you're not getting in trouble. I it's guess that's a, true. It's America. We got free speech. I don't know why we're talking about free speech. Um, yeah, let's get political. Colin Kaepernick got a workout today. <laughs> I, th- I thought it was for this weekend. I don't know. Wow, we we um on this podcast, th- this is it, folks. We're gonna be done here, and we're gonna wrap things up. But just to recap, we've mentioned Christian Ponder, drugs, and Colin Kaepernick on this show. So what more could he ask for? Yeah, I mean, it's really 
all-encompassing podcast. We really talk about it all here on the Hogline Podcast. Yes. All right, folks. It's going to do it. Uh, we're signing off here. Uh, we took a little bit of a break, but we're going to try to get back into the weekly routine here. And um, we will come at you live next. Not live, you know. Yeah, we're not, we're not, we're not going to be live. We're, are we, am I hinting at a tour here? I think you are, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe one day. We'll see about that. All right, folks. Enjoy your week, your weekends. Um, follow the show on all platforms and whatnot. Subscribe to us on um, Apple Podcasts and Spotify and all that jazz. SoundCloud. SoundCloud's our main platform, I think. And I mean, SoundCloud. I, yeah. I have no one, but yeah. If you're loyal, you, you'll you'll follow us everywhere. Yes. Also, I changed my personal Instagram name, so if you're not following me, you can now find me at Kankard Mitch on Instagram, inspired by the one and only Michael Thomas. Uh, you can find me at Kankard Mitch. You can follow Jack at underscore Jack underscore, and follow the show at Hogline Podcast. And do not follow Joey at Joey Bolton eighteen. Don't yes. do that. Follow Joey on Twitter. You can do that. Follow him on Twitter, but not Instagram. Yeah, he doesn't like when people follow him on Twitter because he just uses it for news. But, like, nah, let's get Joey some Instagram or Twitter follower. Yeah, so follow Joey on Instagram. Follow Joey on Twitter, not Instagram. Have a good weekend, and we'll see you next time, folks. Go Steelers.